Praise the Lord. We welcome you to our live broadcast this Sunday, April 11, 2021. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, we thank you for today, for the opportunity to be in your presence and to speak and to hear. Help us to walk in the counsel of the Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, when we study your word, to teach us and enable us to walk right. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon everyone listening, watching, and all who are involved in this ministry. Lord, may our countenance shine upon everyone this morning and the grace which is sufficient abound to everyone. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. So we are continuing with our Holy Spirit series. First, our instrumental is taken from our brother Caleb Brassi. May the Lord continue to bless him and enlarge his coast. We encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. There are over 100 teaching videos in high definition. These teachings confront issues of our times. They contend for the gospel and they help you to make sense of so many things that are happening around you, especially in places they call churches. It's important. The teachings are not meant for us alone. It's for you to share. That's why we're sharing with you so you can share with others. So we encourage you to click on that link and subscribe. The subscription is free. You will never be asked to pay anything. We never solicit you for anything. Just go in there and watch the series, whether this one, the Son of God series, Being Born Again. So many series are there for you to follow systematically. You can even project them on your television for better viewing. The Holy Spirit, Helper, Teacher and Guide. That's our series. The outline, you can see displayed on the board. Next one. You can always go through it when you are watching to see them. If you have not been party to these teachings, we encourage you to go back to them. Last week, we spoke on the 11th item there. 20th century Holy Spirit are pouring. Today we're going to speak on the derailment of 20th century Pentecostalism. Meaning what started there in Azusa didn't continue. Next Sunday we'll speak on the World Faith Movement and its faulty theology. We'll contend that is an insurgent group that had no basis in Pentecostalism and that they destroyed Pentecostalism and made it to become apostate. Then the upper sun will be the awakening in the 21st century and then look to the skies the hills the dawn approaches as our Lord and Savior comes through the skies to carry his own home. Praise the Lord. Today's topic, derailment of 20th century Pentecostalism. 
the outline. The world takes notice of the 20th century Azusa Street Revival. Two, but when they forgot the Holy Spirit, the serpents struck. Three, emergence of Pentecostal denominations and televangelists. Four, the sad legacy. God is looking for those who believe his word and act, sorry, study on his word, act on his word, and live according to his word. The world takes notice of 20th century Azusa Street Revival. The 20th century world took notice of the Azusa Street Revival, which was an outpouring that started in a house on April 9, 1906. Just as the world took notice of the Jerusalem Revival that started on that first Pentecost morning after the Lord's ascension into the heavens. Why the Spirit outpouring on the first Pentecost enabled the early church to turn their world upside down figuratively? The Spirit outpouring in Los Angeles in April of 1906 did the same in the 20th century world. The Azusa Street Spirit outpouring got a boost when a great earthquake struck and literally turned San Francisco, which is a nearby city to Los Angeles where the revival was taking place. It turned San Francisco upside down. This one now is physical. This happened on April 18, 1906. Just nine days after the Holy Spirit came down, the earth also turned because the ways of the world are evil. In nearby Los Angeles, the smiles died on the faces of those who have been ridiculing Azusa Street Revival. Yes, some called the police on them. The ridicules were there. Churches were preaching all sorts of things against them. But with the San Francisco earthquake, nine days after, the smiles and the smack on their faces died. Shall we do the first? The ring is taken from Wikipedia. The 906 San Francisco earthquake struck the coast of Northern California at 12 minutes after 5 a.m. on Wednesday, April 18, with an estimated moment magnitude of 7.9 and a maximum Mercalli intensity of 11, extreme. High intensity shaking was felt from Eureka on the north coast to the Salinas Valley, an agricultural region to the south of the San Francisco Bay Area. Devastating fires soon broke out in the city and lasted for several days. More than 3,000 people died. Over 80% of the city of San Francisco was destroyed. The events are remembered as one of the worst and deadliest earthquakes in the history of the United States. The death toll remains the greatest loss of life from a natural disaster in California's history and high on the lists of American disasters. Praise the Lord. The Lord sometimes allows natural events to provoke us, especially the hypocrites and the deceivers, to prod his children to know that he's still God. That earthquake shook the whole of the United States of America and the world. And then 
many started pouring to Azusa Street to hear and witness the power of God in the life of human beings. Azusa Street's revival mission, that's the revival mission statement, was the restoration of the faith once delivered to the saints. See, they recognized that everything had gone wrong. And now they are going to restore that faith which the apostles practiced. They preached the inerrancy of the scriptures, meaning the scriptures are not to be tampered by anybody. They will allow the Holy Spirit to interpret the scriptures for them. What did it mean? Old time repentance, old time conversion, old time sanctification, and old time baptism with the Holy Ghost which is the gift of power upon the sanctified life and God throws in the gift of tongues. This is Azusa. I didn't put a word, I'm quoting Azusa. The mission statement and the explanation. Restoration of the faith once for all delivered to the saints. Old time repentance, old time conversion, old time sanctification, old time baptism with the Holy Ghost, which is the power. The gift of power upon the sanctified life. That means a separated life. And God throws him what? The gift of tongues. Praise the Lord. Regular attendees at Azusa Street Mission in the early years comprised people from diverse racial groups and backgrounds. African Americans, European Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, Nation Americans, people of all colors and creed. Men and women of different races worshipped and prayed together at a time of segregation when the so-called Caucasians say others must remain separate, especially the black Americans. At the same time, when black Americans, African Americans were being lynched in many places in the United States. Shall we read the next? From Jennifer Miskov. This is uh, taken from Jennifer Miskov's Ignite Azusa, Positioning for a New Jesus Revolution. The early days of the Azusa Street Revival were marked by unity, humility, and love regardless of ethnicity, race, or gender. Samoa emphasized the need to develop the fruit of the Spirit, especially love. In 1908, the leadership at Azusa said, the Pentecostal power, when you sum it all up, is just more of God's love. Love was what was needed for this baptism of the Holy Spirit experience to be sustainable. They realized that love heals, love restores, and love is the way forward. They also wanted more of God in those days, no matter what it looked like. They did not have a thousand other things they wanted before him. Nothing was going to stop them from encountering more of him. They were all in it together, no matter the color of their skin. These early Pentecostal pioneers paved the way for us in such a remarkable way. We're greatly indebted to these beautiful saints who said yes to pursuing Jesus wholeheartedly, no matter what the cost. Now it's our turn to build on their breakthroughs. Praise the Lord. Love, humility, unity, 
those were the all of them everybody loved each other people were together praising worshiping God because they realized that they were saved by grace next but when they forgot the Holy Spirit the serpent struck there was pandemonium in many apostate Christian denominations not just in Los Angeles but around the world because they have been preaching the cessation doctrine which is that the spirit baptism and gifts of the spirit ended with the death of the apostles how come now this is happening they couldn't explain it to their congregants so what happened many of their members left their congregations to join the burgeoning movement which eventually came to be called the Pentecostal movement in three short years what started in Azusa, Los Angeles, which came to be known as the Pentecostal movement, had reached every part of the world. Not just apostate church organizations were afraid. Satan and his cohorts were worried too. They didn't like what was happening at Azusa, which is being spread to the whole world. They held the world for nearly 2,000 years, apostate Christianity, to say the Holy Spirit is no longer around. Only the church now determines what happens. Can you imagine the reversal? The devil was afraid. He's being cast out now on the streets. That's his demons. We are better to strike. If not at the heart of the revival, where it all started. As was a street mission. The plan. Break the unity at Azusa. Break the love. Because once you do that, every, every, everything becomes very clear. The Lord is free to pollute. So he created division among the flock of Christ by appealing to their base emotions. Let's scripture up. I read from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Praise the Lord. This scripture very important for you and I, and for anybody who names the name of the Lord. The devil never gives up. Never thinks so. He always waits for an opportunity. When he sees it, he will strike. The devil knows. Demons know. Dictators know. Tribalists know. That human beings lose their capacity to reason whenever negative emotions are involved. That's why people play the tribal card, the rest card, the church card, whatever it is. They have been using this to deceive and dominate their followers. Remember a class, both demons, Satan, dictators, tribalists, racists, all in the same class, the same thing. Whoever appeals to negative emotions to win people to follow him or her, works for the devil. But Satan and his cohorts are master deceivers. They are the best at the game. That's why followers of Christ have been warned and told to be on alert. Don't follow everybody shouting, saying they've killed us here. They've done this. Please look to the skies. 
Look to heaven because you are a heavenly citizen. Let your Father in heaven direct your what to do. Even when everything around you seems to be all going in a different way. Don't join common cause with those who have not known the Lord. Praise the Lord. Satan began playing with the emotions of the leaders of the movement. Had all the leaders been in the spirit, had they saw the Holy Spirit, knowing that he's a teacher and guide of the church, the power of his followers, it would have been a different outcome. Unfortunately, judging by the results, they dropped the ball and Satan and his demons had a field day. The envies, the jealousies, selfish ambitions, pride created disunity. Where before there was selflessness, humility, unity, and love. The things that happened at Azusa before the end of the revival have their roots on those negative emotions, which I'm going to begin to enumerate. First, racism. For those in Africa, put tribalism there. Ethnicity, put it there. Whatever, gender, put it there. Some began to query. Why should a black man be leading this mission? Yeah, that same black man, the Holy Spirit used him to inspire others and he came down. Others contended. It was not good for people of all races to be gathering together. How can a, a Caucasian female be sitting beside an African-American male? ATC, ATC. While other factors, which I will enumerate, contributed to bring the revival to an end, I contend that racism played a dominant role. Even though many historians will try to downplay it as usual. The evidence, black Pentecostals, formed the Church of God in Christ. And Caucasians formed the Assemblies of God not many years later. The first two major denominations. But others are going to begin to split, splinter and break off from them and from other places. A revival unlike any other since that first Pentecost wounded because some thought that an African-American a black man should not be leading when those with lighter skin tones were there. You know, God speaks to those with lighter skin tones, right? Not to those with dark skin, right? Believing that they would do a better job, they left, set up competing missions within the same Los Angeles and started drawing people away from the Azusa Street mission. Division has come. Number two, doctrinal dispute. Another major factor was, especially in the area of sanctification. Some argued it was a finished work of grace, while others contended that it was a second work of grace. People like Brother Simon, coming from the Wesleyan Holiness background, believed, because that was the teaching then, that the second and instantaneous work of grace, after salvation, meaning after salvation, there is still another work of grace. While others said that sanctification was a more gradual, and an ongoing process of growth. If you watch our broadcast on sanctification, you will see my position on that. The matter could have been resolved had they 
humbly waited on the Holy Spirit and not allow their pre-understandings, that's what they knew before, to hold sway. Hadn't they waited on the Lord before he baptized them in the Holy Spirit? Why couldn't they continue in the same manner? By going to God in prayers and asking for his guidance. They forgot whose church it is. They forgot who is the guide and the teacher. The third thing, personality conflicts. Jealousy, pride, and ego. The ego led to conflicts and disagreements. This created disharmony and led to schisms, that's to breakups. Some of these Pentecostals were headstrong, as you can see even today, and would disagree on even minor matters like what should this person wear and not wear? You have to agree something is wrong with that. Even the secretary of the mission took the mailing list and left. The mailing list that we were using to bring people, encourage them when things were happening, and that impeded the revival's continuation. But of course, by then the Holy Spirit has gone. Let's scripture, please. I read from Galatians chapter 3, verse 3. Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Praise the Lord. They started in the spirit and the spirit came down. Then they now want to work it out with their flesh. Their revival has screeched to a halt and stopped because people had gone canal. They were no longer seeking the spirit's guidance. So let me make a point here to you and I. Any ministry that starts in the spirit must continue in the spirit. Those with a vision must always depend on the spirit for help and guidance. Especially when issues and disputes arise. You don't know it all. I don't know it all. Failure to do that leads to disaster. See, there's nothing else to learn today. Very important. Third, the emergence of Pentecostal denominations and televangelists. You can see from the schisms they have started. At the end of the revival in 1908, even though some think it was 1909, but I hold it's 1908 from my studies. Those who were part of Azusa and those who benefited from the teachings and happenings at Azusa began organizing tent meetings all over the United States. They go from town to town, from city to city. Later, they combined the tent meetings with radio broadcasts. The radio had come out and so they started broadcasting. Most of these tent meetings would become Pentecostal denominations. With the advent of the television, some of the leaders began to broadcast using the television. And people started calling them televangelists. Unfortunately, many of these denominations are televangelists who claimed to be Pentecostals couldn't even agree on what Pentecostalism was all about. Many of them welcomed every wind of doctrine so long as it will help bring in more people into their fold. Of course, they resorted to solicitation of money, which they want to use to organize the next tent meeting. You know, from one, tent, from one city, they ask for money so they can go to the next city. 
and also to pay the broadcast fees. They rated like billboards advertising miracles and healings to attract people to the tent meetings. And also use the radio and TV to promote their ministries. Let me make a point here. Anybody who is advertising miracles and signs and wonders is not working for the Lord Jesus Christ. Say it, you had it, and I don't care who. You cannot advertise miracles and healings because you're not the one that brings miracles and healings. It's God. Don't advertise. How often did the Lord just advertise? I'm about to head to Capernaum. Tell them to assemble. They're going to see signs and wonders. If you didn't know it, you have no right. I don't care. You see, you can be a leader of billions. It does not matter. You are a false prophet. You are a false pastor. You are a false ministry. You are an agent of the devil. Stop. In those advertisements, they promise healing and wealth to those who give. Of course, the more you give, the more the blessings. Of course. Then they moved to the next stage. They started erecting large buildings to attract more and more people. Yes. And they started soliciting more funds for these gigantic projects. Yes, both for their tent meetings, for their radio, TV, and buildings. That's the see, money has become the currency. It's no longer grace. Now, and before long, they began to ask for funds to buy expensive cars. Build mansions and buy private jets and live in five-star hotels. The rush was complete. And God is alive. And he sees. And he knows. But a time for you, if you're hearing my voice, who are in this mess is over. Praise the Lord. The sad legacy or legacy. From the period after the fires of the revival abated, fractiousness, that is divisions, has continued to bedevil the Pentecostal movement everywhere. One little young man or woman in a particular church, the moment he thinks he has one little gift, mm, he starts one. This discordant doctrinal statements, that means every type of statement, are often driven by selfishness and ambition. Attempts were made in at different periods at that stage by some of the splinter groups to reach accommodation with each other. But it failed because nobody was willing to hand over the rest of the movements to the Holy Spirit. The one that initiated the movement and without whose presence the movement would die. The moment you leave the Holy Spirit, you are dead. The moment the Holy Spirit leaves me, I'm dead. And in any group, the moment the Holy Spirit leaves, that group is dead. Dead and now. The one person that is dead and even now, that ought to take the lead in meetings and fellowships, is conspicuously left out. We always leave the Holy Spirit out and use our thought process that we know it all. Instead, pride and selfishness are the center stage in most Pentecostal denominations. That's why we worship our Jews and pastors. Sorry, I say we, yeah, that's okay. Chaos continues to reign, just as the scriptures warned. The scripture, please. I read from James chapter 3, verse 16. 
For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Praise the Lord. Selfish ambitions, greed, pride, ego, declare judgments. It was so then. It is so now. Nothing has changed. Pentecostal pastors and Jews believe that because they have anointing or they claim they have anointing, they know everything. They are willing to broaden their knowledge base. They derive formal, they, that is, they derive, that is, they, they don't care about formal theological training. Some leave their denominations over single issues to start their own. Where they will have to take control on both the theology and the management of the finances. Please continue to be the order of the day. Then and now. And such splits usually end up in acrimony. Especially when a departing pastor takes away members of his former denomination. I have a big question for you today, my hearer. Or if you are watching. Do you believe that the Holy Spirit is in these apostate Pentecostal denominations? It's a question. You have to answer it. Please go in your closet this week. Wait on the Lord and pray. Ask Him if these things are so. If he confirms that they are true, ask him what he wants you as an individual to do. Only God knows what and where he wants you to be at this time in your life. In this period of unknown in the world. In this period where so many have gone apostate. Where truly today you cannot say there is a true Pentecostalism except in the houses and homes of people. Just as the organized Christianity of the first, uh, fourth, fifth century went apostate, so has Pentecostalism gone apostate. So don't start shouting to me, you're Pentecostal. What, what do you understand by that? If you are not living the way Azusa lived, if you are not preaching the way Azusa preached, if you are not saying, go back to the faith once or deliver to the saints, if you are not contending for the gospel of Christ, I contend then that you are not. A Pentecostal. Because if you are, there will be fire in your belly. There will be fire in your spirit. And you will move. And you will go. And you will go. And you will go. And you will never stop. Praise the Lord. I want to plead with you. One thing. Please make your life to count for the kingdom of God. If you are a child of God. And if you are not, please repent. It doesn't matter me. Remember brother Paul repented after. The other apostles, and yet he became the most active. So you can repent today and become more active than everybody else before you. Let your life come for the kingdom of God and not for the kingdom of the devil. And in that kingdom of the devil is the kingdom of the world. And by the kingdom of the world, I include all apostate church organizations, no matter by whatever name they go and call themselves. All. I didn't exclude any. I'm going to sing a song. 
Jesus, what a friend for sinners. Jesus is a friend for sinners. Jesus is the love of my soul. He's the love of your soul. Friends may fail me, and they do fail you. Foes will assail me, and they do assail you. He, my Savior, makes me whole. Praise Him. Hallelujah, what a Savior, my Lord. Hallelujah, what a friend. Saving, oh God. Helping, keeping, loving me, and loving you. He's with me to the end. That's his promise, and I believe him. Jesus, what a strength in weakness. Let me hide myself in him. Tempted, tried, and sometimes failing. He, my strength, because he's my strength. And in him, in my, my victory, I win. Only in him can I win. And in no place else. Any arm of the flesh fails. What a savior, hallelujah. What a friend, saving, helping, keeping, loving. He's with me to the very end. That's his promise. And I believe him. Jesus. What a help in sorrow. When you are sorrowful, he's your help. While the billows of our roll over me, all the problems and buffets of this life, even when my heart is breaking, when I'm so uncertain, he, my comfort, helps my soul. And he helps your soul. Hallelujah. What a savior. What a friend. Saving, helping, keeping, loving. He's with me to the end. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, I do not receive him. Number five. More than all in him I find. Granted me forgiveness. I am his and he is mine. He is yours also. Just believe. Hallelujah. What a savior, what a friend. Saving, helping, keeping, loving. He is with me to the very end. And is with you to the very end if you believe. Thank you, Jesus. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God. Blessings and glory and honor are yours. Thank you for your words today, Lord, to your people. May it not return to you void. May it walk in them, Lord. May your countenance continue to shine upon them as they go to their closets to wait and watch. Because I've had so many things that are so troubling, but yet true. May you visit them and speak to them one on one, oh God, using your word. And as many as we believe, Lord. Open their eyes and their heart and show them what they ought to do. For you say the harvest is indeed plentiful, but the laborers are few. Lord God, I'm praying as many as we hear this will become those laborers, Lord, empowered.
Christ to do the work of ministry. In the name of the Lord Jesus, that the gates of hell will not prevail, Lord. Will not stop them. Will not do anything, Lord, to hurt or harm them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Preserve and protect those who will obey. Their families, their friends, wherever they go, Lord, maybe we're with them. And may they, Father, be empowered and know that I have the power to destroy, to destroy, to destroy serpents and scorpions. And to know that nothing can by any means hurt or touch them because they are in your son who died on the cross for them, for me, for everyone. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I give you all the praise and honor. Thank you, Father God, for Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that continues to empower us, that continues to help us, that continues to enable us, that continues to teach us, that continues to guide us. Forgive all of us who have sinned against you by rejecting him. Even after empowering us, we turn around to use the arm of the flesh. Help us not to know that we have to rely on him because we, that's why you sent him to us. Blessings and glory, Lord, belong to you, Father God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. By His grace, we shall see next Sunday. Continue to pray for us as we pray for you. We covet your prayers. <laughs>